The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and I am flying solo today. I know, it's the only one that we've ever done where I don't have somebody across from me to bitch at and cuss at and make bad jokes and all that good stuff. I know it's been a little bit since we got out an episode. It's been a few weeks, but it has been busy, busy, busy. So let's jump right into it. All right. All right, so today I'm going to feature a very, this is a very macabre story right here from the Pacific Northwest. Today, we're going to be talking about Joshua Lee Webb. So this episode is you is a very unique one. Today's killer, Joshua, only has one kill, so he isn't a serial killer, but his story and the people's reaction to what he did does deserve to be discussed. It was Mother's Day, May 14th of 2017, when Joshua Lee Webb finally lost control of his mind. Joshua was in his mid-30s and lived with his mom and his, and his father. His, his mom's name was Tina Webb. Um, so his mom, Tina, had told the family members that Joshua was acting differently, you know, kind of funky. And Joshua knew he was having problems as well, by the way. So he actually got rid of his guns in fear that he was going to hurt somebody. He turned him over to the police department. Joshua was known all around town uh, as, a, as a very kind and forgiven person. You know, he really promoted forgiveness and kindness just for everybody. Really, really good guy. What no one knew was that Joshua was not just fighting off the feeling of being off so much and, and hurting someone. He was slowly losing his mind. And after reading a bit about Joshua, I don't think that he could have known what he would have done to his mother as well as his dog. So as time went on, the voices in his head became louder, more consistent. Uh, in this day and age... Help is not always available, or at least the information to get help isn't always there for those who don't really look. Joshua lived in a small town outside of Estacada, Oregon. And for those of you that aren't from here in the Pacific Northwest, Estacada is about 20 miles from Portland. Um, Good fishing out there, kind of rural. uh, But yeah, not, not a bad place. And... I also want to add that there was nothing that I could find that shows Joshua having a conflict with his mom or actually with anybody else. You know, he he was, you know, fairly, I I would think, well-liked, but who knows? Where the hell did I leave out there? (laughs) On Mother's Day of 2017, his life and the lives of his family members would change forever. That day, his sister, Sarah Morris White, was loading up her children to go to her mother's house to celebrate Mother's Day with her. While Sarah was getting ready to visit, Joshua was was a busy boy. He decapitated his mother and killed his dog as well. With a knife in hand, he set to work on the grotesque job at hand. Splattered with blood, it was time to take his mother shopping at the grocery store. Well, her head at least. He drove about 10 miles from his home, uh, with his mother's head 
to the grocery store in Estacada. With Tina's head and a knife that he used to dispatch his mother and his dog, he went inside of the grocery store. Joshua drank a soda in the store, and that is when he was confronted by Mike Wagner, a store employee. Joshua stabbed Mike with the same knife he had used to kill earlier that day. As Mike Wagner was being assaulted and fearing for his life, Joshua's sister, Sarah, was entering their parents' house to discover the grisly scene in the kitchen. Tina's body lay spread on the floor in a puddle of blood, of course, and headless. Joshua's faithful dog lay on the countertop, having been slain as well. Sarah, in a fit of tears and terror and hysteria, ran to the neighbor's house to call 911. Joshua was apprehended by the police without much of a struggle at all and taken to jail and as law enforcement tried to figure out, you know, kind of what went wrong, what happened. Sorry, guys, my allergies are still messing me up. When Joshua was being questioned, he was very non-responsive. After several hours, he sat up and said, that was a nice nap, as if he had been sleeping the whole, this the entire time. He was evaluated by two psychiatrists and diagnosed as schizophrenic as well as having psychosis. He waived his right to a trial by jury and was sent to a mental hospital where he, uh, where he can be treated. <clears throat> I know there's no huge story here as far as a body count and such. What got me was his family member's response to what he did and the fact that it was sent that, that he was sent to a state mental hospital and not a prison. His sister Sarah said that Joshua is her brother and needs to be in prison for what he had done or there will be no justice for her mother. But where would the justice really be served with Joshua in prison instead of a mental institution? For me personally, guys, I feel that his sister is not concerned with justice as much as she's concerned with wanting revenge. Hear me out on this, okay? Don't, don't kill me on this. There's a reason. In prison, you're an inmate first, and anything else is secondary, such as mental health care. In a mental hospital, you are a patient first. Your mental health needs being what's on the forefront of everyone's mind. How do you condemn someone to a prison when they really did not do the crime of their own free will, per se? If you're schizophrenic, you're, you're being told what to do by your own mind. At times, you're f- kind of forced into doing it, once again, by your own mind. You really don't uh, have control of your actions. I'm pretty sure that he did not set out that day to hurt anyone, like seriously, like at all. Since his mother had told his sister that Joshua was acting strange, and I'm su- I'm assuming that his parents, um, you know, he, he told his parents about how he was feeling. Why didn't anybody come forward to help him or get him help? It's, it's, nowhere does it mention that anyone tried to get him into a, like a mental health facility for any kind of treatment. You know, it was just kind of one of those things. Well, you know, Josh is acting kind of strange. And they're like, ah, well, roll with it. Nobody get no, no, nobody gives a shit. It's it's pretty sad. All right. So, I was also appalled, by the way, by Joshua's dad. Um, he was quoted as saying, uh, basically that Joshua hasn't apologized to him for what he did by killing his mother. 
And it sounds to me, and I could be wrong, that both Joshua's sister as well as uh, his father are more concerned with their own personal feelings and personal interests than they are with Joshua himself. It makes me wonder if they viewed him as a burden because he lived at home due to his disabilities. All right, boys and girls, now listen up. On the surface, we can all point our fingers at Joshua and yell, Kill her! Mom, kill her! But let's take some things and uh, let's take some time to really look at all the facts involved in this. Here we have a man who was known to others as a guy who was very forgiving and kind. He was never known to have any issues with violence or law enforcement that, were, that we know of. He then starts to feel off, like he's going to hurt someone. So he turns his guns over to the police department so that he can prevent that from happening. Still, you have to assume that everybody knows that he's turned his guns over to the cops, right? That's not something that you're going to sneak out and do. <clears throat> then he snaps. Kills not only his mother, but his dog as well. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I would die to protect my dog. Then he goes to a grocery store with his mother's head, drinks a soda, and stabs an employee of the store. When the police arrest him, he's no longer manic and he's no longer violent. He simply and peacefully surrenders. Then at the police station, he's non-responsive, as I'd said before, to any verbal questions or his environment. It's almost like someone flipped a switch that, that kind of turned him off. And after a few hours go by, he, he's back on and says that he had a nice nap. He then confesses to everything that he did. So I ask again, how would it benefit anyone to put him in a prison and not a mental hospital? The answer is, it wouldn't. It wouldn't benefit nobody. And don't get me wrong, guys. I'm sorry for his family's loss. I'm sure that it's painful to have a family member viciously murdered by another family member. Add to that, add to that this entire story has kind of a macabre horror movie vibe. Still, I feel that you know, they should be a little more supportive of Joshua and less concerned about their own needs. I feel really honestly that it's kind of selfish for them to do that, you know? So, guys, I know this is a really super short episode right here, but this one I found interesting. I've got a longer one coming up soon, and we'll see you guys later. Remember, this show is copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. You can send us an email at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Yeah, that's it. Oh, damn. <laughs> Brutal Nation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check us out on Medium, Crime Beat on Medium, and wherever you get your blog. Get the full story without any of my BS. I think I made it through this thing without cussing. That's amazing. As I said, this show is copyrighted 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved, and we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.